there's something that can happen to young people when they go to university. And this thing happened to me. I went from living in a small town just outside of Calgary, working class parents, to being immersed in the life of the mind. All the great intellectual traditions of the West and some of the not so great ones, they were all there. Poetry, literature, philosophy, cultural theory, gender studies, economics, history. I found myself exposed to whole worlds I'd never set foot in before, and my head was filled with all sorts of knowledge I never dreamed of. It was like drinking at a bottomless well of new ideas. I loved university a lot, and I grew as a person in a lot of ways. It expanded my mind. But as soon as I went home for the holidays, it was clear that all this new knowledge also kind of made me a jerk. You see, I looked at my parents and all the people I grew up with, and I thought, man, they really have no idea how this world works, do they? I took a look at all these poor, ignorant people, and I knew, I just knew I had to enlighten them. So when politics would come up at the table, things got heated. But I had been to university. So when I wanted to shut everyone else's points down, I'd just sift through my mighty brain and whip out the most recent economic theory or some surprising statistics that nobody would heard before, or maybe just some plain old facts so I could deliver that final blow, one that would deliver everybody from the cloud of their ignorance forever. I'm sure that others here can relate either as a student dispensing the wisdom or the parent on the receiving end. You know, it's at the least annoying, but if you've been on the receiving end, you probably know just how condescending it feels when your university student returns for the holidays and how belittling it can be. Now, some things for me haven't changed. I still believe that Ralph Klein was a terrible premier. Not going to give that one up to mom and dad. Sorry, or other things. But gradually I've come to realize something about myself and the way that I thought and acted then and the way that I am tempted to act even now. As wonderful as all this new knowledge was, a side effect was a greatly increased ego. I had something other people didn't have. Not only could I demonstrate my own greatness, I realized I could use it as a weapon to win arguments to gain an upper hand on other people, and to make sure we were finally on the same page. The page was my page, of course, but the same page nonetheless. It's that old phrase, knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. It made me feel powerful because it gave me power over others, but the outcome was never positive. In fact, sometimes, often, it was even poisonous. It didn't bring much goodness to the people that I thought that I was helping with all of my wisdom. But it's not just for anti-social nerds like me in university.
It's how we all tend to use knowledge in some way or another, or how we use wisdom as a culture, especially now. Maybe even most especially following the recent U.S. election. We live in an age where there's more information, there's more knowledge available to us than ever before, and yet it took me five minutes on the internet, scrolling through Facebook posts, Twitter replies, and blog comments, to realize that we mostly use this vast amount of knowledge as a weapon against other people. Whether we're liberal or conservative or whatever Donald Trump is, that's what we do. I saw one post recently that says, new evidence emerges considering cons or suggesting conservatives more susceptible to lies. Who knows, maybe that's true. I don't know, I haven't done the work. I don't know if this was a, if it was a scientific study or not. But the purpose of the article was less about the truth than it was about gaining power over the over other side by proving their ignorance, right? Now, I'm not suggesting that we avoid controversy by not getting into arguments, either in person or on the internet, or that knowledge shouldn't be deployed for the purpose of uh, justice or goodness. But there seems to be an underlying dynamic at play that has infected the way that we interact with each other. Perhaps this is why there are facts and so-called alternative facts. Because information has become less about broadening our minds in the search for truth than it has become a weapon, one that allows us to get a leg up over our opponents. The internet especially seems to be a place where we spend most of our time displaying our unique wisdom and intelligence over and against others. Believe it or not, I did this recently, and ironically, it was about Jesus and the cross. And I was like, I'm gonna show everybody. Anyway, you'll find out why that's ironic later. But it's poison the way that we think about each other and act towards each other, online and offline. Knowledge is power, and it can so easily be put to use for less than noble purposes in gaining a sense of power for ourselves. Now, clearly, we aren't the first people to struggle with this. You see, in the ancient world, people were just as obsessed with gaining knowledge, with accumulating wisdom, as we are, even if it came in a different package and there was way less of it floating around. Wisdom, knowledge, allowed you to understand the way the world works. And if you gained the right knowledge, you understood the way things worked, then you could start living in a way that would lead you to more successes instead of failures. It's a good thing to have lots of. But as in our own case, it could easily, just as easily be corrupted. You'll remember that in our reading this morning, it's a letter from the Apostle Paul to a church in the city of Corinth, a community he helped found three years earlier. It's a letter written in response to a community that wants his help in healing their divisions. If you remember a few weeks ago, when we dealt with an earlier part of this letter, you'll remember that Paul's people were saying that they belonged to various leaders. The Corinthians are under the trance of smooth-talking individuals. These leaders seem really wise, seem really smart. They've got all the answers, like me in university. They've become loyal to certain leaders over others based on superior knowledge and understanding. Like us, 
Knowledge, wisdom for them, became a way to one-up themselves against others, to gain privilege, to assert power. Wisdom became a weapon, and it began to tear their community apart. So like in our own culture, the use of knowledge was pulling the Corinthians apart. But in response, Paul reminds them how they came together. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, he says, when I came to you, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on the power of God. That your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Make no mistake, Paul was and is a compelling speaker with a compelling message. He's a guy that was bearing a certain kind of wisdom, one that ignited the minds and hearts of his listeners. But the difference is that for Paul, the wisdom he comes bearing points away from him. And it points to Jesus. Paul doesn't use his knowledge to gather power for himself or over others. For Paul, the knowledge he's been given is not a weapon, at least not in the conventional sense. But the knowledge he's been given is a Jesus-inspired, cross-shaped vehicle for the transformational power of the Holy Spirit. This knowledge is power, too but it's a different kind of power. This spirit-infused wisdom is what drew his community together in the first place and promises to mend it once again. Promises to mend it once again. The power of the spirit, wisdom from the spirit that is derived from the spirit, mends rather than destroys. Like the Corinthians, who saw wisdom as a way to gain status for themselves and power over others, we live in a culture that sees knowledge as a weapon, as a tool for the same. And yet for Paul, the knowledge he'd been given somehow led him in a different direction. Paul was given the mind of Christ. This knowledge transformed all of his knowledge, his encounter with Jesus crucified and risen, turned every encounter, every action, every word, every shred of knowledge or data into an occasion to channel God's power for life instead. One that creates community rather than destroying it. Paul's words came with the purpose of life rather than control or power. Paul's words were shaped like the cross he came proclaiming, where Jesus gave everything up so the world could have life. Paul does the same. 
And this is our call today. This is the kind of community we are supposed to be, a sort of beacon or lighthouse in the midst of all this conflict that we see, not just on Facebook. Maybe it's just my Facebook friends, you know. Maybe I'm not the only jerk. Maybe all my Facebook friends are jerks. No offense to you here who are my Facebook friends. But knowledge is power. It can be used as a weapon or it can be an occasion for an encounter with the living God, the risen Christ. The great 18th century American preacher Jonathan Edwards once said, Seek not to grow in knowledge chiefly for the sake of applause and to enable you to dispute with others, but seek it for the benefit of your souls and in order to practice as Paul says later in his letter, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. In a culture like ours where knowledge is a weapon to cut others down, we are in urgent need of a different way. The way shown by Jesus, quite simply. A path well beaten by Paul, our grandparents in faith before us. It's a way to life rather than a way to division. So friends, today may your words be a vehicle for the Holy Spirit. Think of them as a cracked vessel, but one that is able to carry God's mercy to the world. May your words bring healing rather than division. May you be armed only with the love of Christ because you have been given the mind of Christ. Amen.